Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Pastor Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. Hey, one of the things that has happened is since last uh, July, I've been on somewhere around 30 trips. I've gotten to go to states all over the U.S. and speak with pastors and develop leaders in churches. And I'm just telling you, I am so proud of the body of Christ. I'm so proud of pastors that have stepped up and have just been so diligent to do things that will impact our nation and impact their communities. Ladies, men, good job. Thank you for being such great representatives. Hey, before I get into the lesson, I want to talk to you uh, just about a couple of roundtables coming up. On uh, April 22nd, I will be in Rancho Cucamonga. I will be with a very, very dear friend of mine, uh, Diego Mesa. I love him so much. I'm so proud of him and all that he does. Uh, We're going to be there, and that roundtable is always so much fun. It's just a a, a great event. I want to encourage you to come and be a part. And You can't beat Southern California weather. But you need to sign up at GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. And then on uh, May 11th, we will be at uh, Victory in Norcross, Georgia, a part of Atlanta. And I just want to thank Johnson and Dennis Rouse for just opening up the opportunity for us to be able to be there. That being said, today I want to talk to you about leadership. And I want to talk to you about one of those things that uh, every leader knows, but we just don't want to put it on our agenda. And that is, you're never going to lead without going through times of testing. You're never going to lead without going through times of testing. They say that when someone starts school at a very, very young age, and then they finally graduate from college, over that period of time, they will take 1,500 tests. 1,500 tests. We've all watched as a young person has walked across the stage after high school or college. They're so excited. They feel like everything's done. They've passed every test. All the tests are behind them. But all of us that are in leadership and ministry, we recognize the tests are just beginning. But the tests that they're going to face are going to be different. They're not going to be closed book tests. They're not going to be open book tests. They're not going to be uh, tests that they're going to work with their ensemble or their group of people. They're going to be tests you're going to have to pass if you're going to keep moving ahead in your relationship with God and specifically in your leadership journey and also in your journey as you begin to help others. So today I want to talk about some of the tests that leaders go through. And really, I want to focus on just a few tests. The first one is a test that if you've read the Bible, we all know what it looks like, but I think we all know what it feels like. And that is the wilderness test. The wilderness test, it's one of those tests where all of a sudden it it just seems like uh, you've been asked to go somewhere and you're scratching your head and you're thinking, why in the world am I here? Nothing's happening. Nothing's going on. Nothing's occurring. That's because you're in the wilderness test. It talks about Jesus, how he was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tested. Boy, that's something we don't want. See, we think if we're following God and we're being led by God, 
we're being led to pleasant places and we're being led in places that will always feel good and be good. But the truth of the matter is, is that every leader has to go through the wilderness test. They have to go through those times where they feel like they're all alone, that they're isolated, that it's just them. But it's not just them. God's with them. And so Jesus is going to be in the wilderness and there he's going to be tested. We know that that was true about Moses. He was taken to the wilderness. The wilderness that he was taken to was because he needed extensive rehab. He had made some attempts to lead, but he had done so with man-made techniques, and those man-made techniques had failed. He had taken things into his own hands, and he needed to learn how to put things in God's hands. He had experienced the self-doubt of, I led, but I failed, and now God's going to teach him to be a leader who can succeed. All of that's going to happen in the wilderness. What we know about the wilderness is this. It's always tougher than we think, and it's always longer than we think. See, with Jesus, it was tougher because there he's going to be tempted by the devil. For Moses, it's going to be longer. Forty years, he's going to be there. We also know that Paul, he literally stayed about 14 years in Arabia. Well, let's just be honest. That's a wilderness. And there it says that he didn't know anyone of any reputation. Looks like God's put him on the back burner, never to do anything meaningful. Can you imagine the self-doubts that he had? I should have obeyed God sooner. If I would have obeyed God, maybe my ministry would have been significant. But here he is in Arabia, and there he's sitting there feeling like he's on the back burner, not realizing that God is prepping him for one of the most amazing ministries that ever exist. The wilderness test. A couple of questions. Are you there right now? Can you identify it when you're there? And are you willing to take the tough test? And are you willing to take the long test? That's what the wilderness is. Another test that leaders face is the misunderstanding test. That when you are well-intentioned and you're doing the best you can to represent God, that somehow people misunderstand you. Can you imagine being a young Jeremiah? God's first words to you are, don't be afraid of their faces. Why would God say that to Jeremiah? Because he's going to speak to people who will never believe. He is going to minister to people who will never receive but that was the ministry. He was giving a ministry that was going to be misunderstood. The so-called prophets of the day are going to make fun of him. The people of the day are going to ignore him. And many of the people are going to chastise him. But he's been given the tough job. He's been given a job that is literally going to be caused him to be misunderstood by most people. We know this was true of Paul also. We know that whenever you read the articles about Paul in First and Second Corinthians, here he has poured his souls into people. And as he's poured his soul into people, there's these moments where he gets challenged. Who are you? What have you done? He says, am I not an apostle like others? Have I not labored like others? Have I not been faithful like others? 
but everything about him is going to get challenged. He's going to be misunderstood. Boy, David's the poster child for this. He's going to be misunderstood by his brother and his fathers. He's going to be misunderstood by Goliath. He's going to be misunderstood by Saul. He's going to be misunderstood by the lion and the bear. And he's going to be misunderstood by his eldest brother. We know about Jesus that his family at some point thought that he was literally crazy. And he had to say, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Why? Because he was misunderstood. See, if you're going to lead, there are going to be times when you will do exactly what God wants you to do. And you will do it exactly how God wants you to do it. But people will not stand and applaud. They will look at you and they will say, what in the world are you doing? It's a test. Can you lead even when people misunderstand you? Can you lead in the midst of that, where people are looking at you and saying, what in the world are you doing? Can you lead? Probably one of the toughest tests is what I call the word test. The word test is when you believe God's spoken something to you, something that is very specific about who you are and what you're supposed to do. The biblical example of that is a young man named Joseph. God spoke to him in a dream. In fact, he spoke to him in two dreams. The dream of his brothers bowing down before him and the dream of his mom and dad bowing down before him. Here it is. God has spoken clear words to him. Yet he's going to have to face those words. Because all those words are going to do is create challenge for him. He will be despised and hated by his brothers. He will even be misunderstood by his dad. And as a result of that, he is going to be thrown into captivity. Everything about his life seemed contrary to the word that God had given him. Being at Potiphar's house, being a slave, eventually being thrown into prison, helping people but being forgotten in prison, Everything about him spoke of misunderstanding. In Psalm 105, it says this. It says that when he was fettered, when literally the irons were put around his hands and his feet, he's now a prisoner. It says at that point that as he was being fettered, in the rabbinical writings to the side, it says iron was found in his soul. But it says the word tested him. See, when God gives you a word, that word's going to test you. We many times want to test God's word, but that word's going to test us. Will you hold on to it? Will you keep believing it? Will you not let go of it? Will you embrace it? See, it's easy to take what God says to us and discard it and say that that's just not true. My life says it's not true. The word test. When we have to find out if there's iron in our souls, when we have to find out if we'll hold to the promise God's given us, even when it seems like God's taking the promise from us. Boy, take that thought 
and write it down? Will we hold to the promise that God's given us, even when it seems like it's the promise God's taking from us? Can you imagine being Abraham and Isaac, his promise, what he has believed for, God now says, put him on the altar? The word is testing him. So in your life and my life, what is it that God said to you? And how are those things being communicated to you? Are you being transformed by them? Are you holding on to them? Are you diligent to embrace them? The word test. Another test is the frustration test. The frustration test is sort of epitomized by Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, we have troubles on every side. We have questions about everything. We feel like we're being boxed in, and at times we feel like we're being knocked down. Boy, isn't that how ministry goes and leadership goes? Aren't there those times when all leadership is is one problem after another? How many problems do I have to deal with? Isn't that what we ask? We wake up and we think, well, we're going to do this, but now problems start showing up. People begin to hand us all these problems. And what I want to say to you is this. There are times when life can just be downright frustrating. When there doesn't seem to be a clear path and there doesn't seem to be a clear lane. It seems like you're boxed in and you're boxed out. And it's just frustrating. Well, why don't more people come? Why don't more people respond? Why don't more people listen? Why is it that it seems like even among my team, they don't seem to care? Why is it that even some of my family seems indifferent? See, the frustration can build in and on any leader. The frustration test. There's another test. It's the servant test. It's epitomized in Matthew chapter 8. A centurion who by nature of his title and position is a leader. He's responsible for people's lives. He's the one that sends them into battle and stands side by side with them as they fight. So what does he say? He says, I'm a man with authority and I'm a man under authority. What is he talking about? No matter how high you lead, there's somewhere you still have to serve. See, if you're leading without serving, then you're no longer biblically leading. Because every biblical leader still has to be a servant. Because Christian leadership is framed by servant leadership. And so we may be people with authority, but we're people under authority. And so let me ask you on the servant test, who are you helping? Who are you helping? Helping them fulfill their dream. See, it's easy when you're a leader. I want people to help me fulfill my dream, my vision. But who is it that you look around and you say, I need to help them? Who are the other leaders? In my life, there have been three leaders that I took the mission That one, I'm always going to pray for and I'm always going to help them. Why? Because I know that I'm always to be a servant. 
that in the way I ask people to come alongside me and to support my dream and my vision, there are people I need to come along. And I would just encourage you, whether you're low in leadership or high in leadership, you need to figure out what it looks like, what it looks like to help other people. So who are you helping and how are you helping? Help somebody, serve somebody, go out of your way. It may be that extra prayer. It may be that extra donation. It may be that extra time, but you never get to lead so high that you do not get to serve. Because if Jesus could take the towel before the cross, you can take up the towel every day. So these are just a few tests, the wilderness test. It's just a tough test because many times you're there because it's where God wants you. The misunderstanding test. Can you keep leading when the people that you're trying to help are scratching their heads and many times rejecting? The word test, when the very thing that God's given you is the very thing that's challenging you. And the frustration test, when problem after problem shows up, getting in the way of what you feel you're supposed to do. And the servant test. Well, I'm leading now. People need to help me. But God says, step down off the pedestal and find some others to help. Someone says, well, this isn't positive. How do we overcome these tests? What I can tell you is they're tests. And I don't know the answers to you. I just know you're going to go through these tests because every leader does. But I do know in the wilderness, there's something God's going to have you do. When you're misunderstood, there's something God wants to grow in you. When the word is testing you, there's a level of depth that God wants to create in you. And when frustration surrounding you, there's a level of determination God wants to birth in you. And when you look around and people aren't serving you, God may be saying, you need to serve someone else. All of these are tests. Every leader faces them repeatedly and continually. Maybe just knowing that their test will help you because some of you are in the middle of them and you've wondered, why am I here? It's because you've been tested. James 1 verse 2. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse tests, different kinds of tests. Count it all joy. Don't lose your heavenly outlook in the midst of earthly circumstances. Thank you so much. Again, I want to remind you of our Rancho Cucamonga Roundtable on uh, April 22nd. Also, our Atlanta Roundtable on May 11th. Please come. You can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and you can sign up. Love you guys. Thank you for all you do to make heaven bigger and the kingdom of God better. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.